Good morning, everybody. Today we'll be going through Exodus 3, verses 1 through 12. So how did God choose to reveal himself to this Moses, who is now no longer the prince of Egypt, rather a shepherd, a keeper of his father-in-law's flock? It says in verse 2 that he revealed himself in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. While not entirely uncommon to see a bush burning in the Sinai desert, it is unusual that it is not consumed. It's a great sight. But still, Moses had to stop whatever it was he was doing and actually turn aside and look. It's interesting that God does not overwhelm Moses with his big presence, but instead through this common yet uncommon sight. It was like an invitation that Moses can accept or reject. He could have just moved on. Instead, he chose to lean into this great sight. When the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to see, in verse 4, God called him out of the bush. It was like God was watching and waiting to see what Moses would do. God calls his name, Moses, Moses. God is not some aloof being who sees man as a nuisance, barely tolerating us and hardly acknowledging our existence, someone who doesn't care about who we are or what we think. But here God is keenly interested in how Moses would respond to this burning bush. The burning bush moments. These moments are like times when the common yet uncommon breaks through the mundane and pragmatic existence. It's like, oh, what's that? That's unusual. That's not what I expect. That's not how I expect man to behave. It's a thing like sacrificial love or someone disadvantaging himself or herself for the sake of others because God says so. It's even something as silly as just this past lunch. Richard and I had lunch at Mr. Tokyo. We sat down with several other sisters, one of whom is a freshman, friends with one of the seniors that we were eating with. And suddenly there was a slew of our brothers who came in for lunch as well. What topped it off was Thomas came up to us and said hi, eventually ate with us. The look on that freshman's face tells it all. It was a strange sight, obviously, to her. How do all these people know each other? Turning to the senior, she asked, how do you know all these people? And why are they all so familiar with one another? Are they all part of the same group? What is going on? That could have been a turning aside to see moment for her, through which another world might open up. Verse 5, the place you're standing on is holy ground. What is God like? God is holy. While he wants us to draw near, we cannot approach God casually or unrepentantly or defiantly. Do not come near, else you will be consumed. Take off your sandals. Unless those sandals are brand new, it will leave a dirty mark. I was reminded of the Good Friday Isaiah 6 message about seeing ourselves truly against the right backdrop, the right context, the right canvas of God's holiness, and immediately we see our sinfulness. Like Moses, we would also want to hide our face, afraid to look at God. And we see that it is by God's grace that we're allowed to draw near to the throne of grace. What does God actually say to Moses? In verse 7 to 10, we see that God shares with Moses his burden, his heart for the Israelites. I've seen the afflictions of my people. I heard their cry because of the taskmasters. I know their suffering. I have come down to deliver them. So in other words, God shares his burden with Moses and what he intends to do. And here I see a portrait of God where God is holy. He is totally set apart and yet he is intensely personal and relational. He then commissions Moses to go in verse 10. It says, I will send you to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out. God knew about Moses' past. It is no accident, I think, that God comes to Moses and then identifies with the same strong sentiments Moses once had felt about his own people almost 40 years ago. But after 40 years in the Midianite desert, Moses no longer thinks about that, perhaps. He no longer trusts in his own strength and will. 
He messed up. He is a changed man now. The past is the past. Let it be buried with the passage of time. He is now humbled. It is this Moses that God now comes to. This broken, painful past that he probably did not want to revisit is now being brought back to the surface, and God wants to redeem it. This time, he will bring justice to his people, not his way, but God's way. Moses replies in verse 11, Who am I that I should go? God replies in verse 12, But I will be with you. In between those two lines is so much. It's like, who am I that I should go? Don't you know I really messed up before? And God says, yes, but this time it will not be by your own strength and willpower, but I will go with you. And I see a tender picture of God who really wants to redeem this part of Moses, to use him again. And knowing that Moses might still be filled with fear and trepidation, maybe self-doubt, God gave him first a sign, the burning bush, and then a promise, I will be with you and you will come back to this mountain after you brought the people out. Likewise, God knows when we need courage to face challenging assignments in our lives, we can turn to him, to his word and his promise to find strength. That's it. Have a good day.